began to relax. No grubby English rabble could withstand such a powerful force, and John had been right to brag of success that day. To quell an almost overwhelming urge to race into the affray regardless of orders, Rouget pondered the English artillery again. First, there were the squat, malignant bombards, which sent stone balls careening into enemy lines. And second, there were the newer, lighter Ribaudacan. These were wildly inaccurate, and their spluttering fire was making no difference to the battle one way or the other, yet Rouget could see their potential. Not only were the flames, noise and smoke unnerving, especially to horses, but it would not take much to adapt them into something truly deadly. His musings were interrupted by a flurry of activity along the English lines. The archers had run out of arrows and were snatching up hammers and daggers instead. Rouget sneered his disdain. It was an act of desperation, as such paltry weapons were no match for the great broadswords wielded by the French knights, and there were a great many of those in the proud wave that was pounding magnificently forward. But he detected another movement too, in the woods to his left, where the Prince of Wales had stationed his Gascon cavalry. There was a tremendous clash as the two armies met, followed by an indescribable cacophony of screams and howls. The spiteful clap of the Ribodacans sounded again, and more smoke drifted across his line of vision. Rouget leaned forward in his saddle, straining his eyes against the billowing whiteness. Just when it thinned, the Ribodacan cracked out yet again, and Rouget gave up trying to see what was happening. To distract himself, he thought about the circumstances that had brought the two countries to war in the first place. It was all to do with who should be King of France. Edward III of England thought it should be him. His great-grandfather had held the title, and Edward was the only legitimate offspring of that particular bloodline. Unfortunately for him, no French noble wanted an Englishman as his monarch, and most of the country supported the House of Valois. The dispute had dragged on for almost three decades already, and although Edward now preferred the comfort of his palaces to a campaign tent, his son was full of fervour for his birthright. For months now, the Prince of Wales had been leading a ragtag army across France, leaving a trail of death and destruction wherever he went. It was, thought Rouget bitterly, high time that bellicose pup was sent packing with his tail between his legs. Suddenly, he became aware that battle cries had given way to cheers. He smiled. Jean had won, and France would soon be free of the brutal marauders. Then the smoke thinned and his grin faded. The victory had been won at a terrible price. The ground was littered with French dead, their pennants trampled and filthy underfoot, and their bright armour foul with dirt and blood. Then he frowned as more of the smoke blew away. The tight, glorious mass of Jean's division was gone, and in its place was disorganised, shattered confusion. A few knights fought in isolated clumps, but the majority were running for their lives. With a shock that made him gasp his horror, Rouget saw that it was not the French who were cheering, but the English. Worse, 
He could see Jean battling for his life, virtually alone and beset on all sides by the enemy. Appalled, Rouget called his men to order and galloped towards him. All around, English, Welsh and Gascon warriors were howling their triumph, but he thundered on, riding over anyone who tried to stop him. An arrow killed his horse from under him, but he rolled away from its body and continued on foot, sword in one hand and shield in the other. His men, he realised dully, were no longer with him. They had seen that the situation was hopeless and had quit the field while they could. He stumbled forward. Jean was not far away now, a sharp flash of silver armour amid a sea of rough brown leather jerkins. Then the unthinkable happened. Jean put up his sword and handed his glove to some minor knight in a grimy circuit. The king had surrendered.